Some technology innovations are entirely proprietary. Apple isn't going to let anybody else build a phone with the same shape or function that they do, and Google wouldn't let anybody else build an email client with the same design and functions that they do, and there are laws to protect the intellectual property of companies. But there are other technologies that, in order to flourish, have to be more open. For example, when you purchase something with a credit card or you use、uh, Wi-Fi, whether it's in a airport in Japan or a Starbucks in San Francisco, or you send a fax, these technologies involve some set of common standards that then businesses can collaborate and build upon. If every single Wi-Fi device functioned in a different way, and you needed to plug in some new set of hardware into your laptop wherever you wanted to pick up a signal, it would make the technology a lot more difficult to leverage and use for everybody, and for a robust ecosystem of companies to sort of arise on the internet as we know it today. Is there such a need for some kind of common set of standards in artificial intelligence? The answer to this question is that currently we don't know, but there are some parties who believe that to some degree it will be inevitable. We interview the managing director at the IEEE Standards Association this week on AI and industry, that is Konstantinos Karachalios, who's previously spent the last 25 years at the European Patent Office before moving over to the Standards Group at the IEEE. Constantino speaks with us about what potential standards might be in artificial intelligence for us all to be able to leverage it on the internet and in our products.、Uh, how privacy might be treated, for example, how other elements of internet safety or transparency with algorithms might be treated, and how those might be turned into standards. The IEEE is currently experimenting and exploring what that might look like. Constantinos has a vision of what that could look like for the future and how that might make for a better and more robust technology ecosystem, like we see with things like the internet. It'll be interesting to see what the future holds in terms of standards for AI, but it's also curious to see how that might affect business models and existing companies who are leveraging AI today or will be in the near future. I think it'll be sort of issues of consequence in terms of how these standards develop and how they're leveraged across the internet at large. So, without further ado, we'll dive directly into the. Issue of standards for the use of AI with Constantinos of the IEEE. So, Constantinos, I know you've been with the IEEE for a half decade now. They've obviously been making standards for many, many decades at this point. I want to start off with asking, what is the need for standards in the domain of artificial intelligence today? Why does the IEEE see this as something worth focusing on now? There is、uh, there are different aspects of technology. It is the technology itself, and it is the context around the technology. Regarding standardization in the technology itself, it may be still early. There are many companies who try really to develop the proprietary systems, and they have no big interest in standardizing because they want to lead the market.、Yeah. But, however, there are cases where no company can do it alone. Even if they say they they would do it, it is probable it is they cannot, and this is、uh, very much related to the social acceptance of a technology. There are things which relate to trust. Can we trust these algorithms? Can we trust what you are doing with the data? Can we trust the overall picture? How can we establish trust of the society and of the individuals towards these、uh, new applications? And here I believe that only through open Platforms which are also transparent and which have clear rules and they are participatory, we can create a foundation on top of which the companies can then develop their proprietary systems and make money and create a market. Otherwise, the market may even 
be delayed or not take place at all. So, and I believe that regarding in particular the trust building aspects of artificial intelligence, it is not too early. It is well, late. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I think there are people uh, who would agree with you on that. Yeah. Yes. So this is my opinion. So it is in the benefit of everyone if we try to create voluntary standards, which are bottom up by the communities that are really interested and affected, so that we can create the basis for society to trust the technology so they can really create a market. And so it is in everybody's interest. I'm, I'm, yeah, I'm, I'm with you on the general premise here. I wonder if there's analogies in other sort of domains. In other words, have there been technologies in the past, Constantinos, where we've had a similar concern where, hey, an individual company could try to create the standards for an entire industry by itself, but that's unlikely and we've needed to create something else in order to have kind of trust or in order to have uh, sort of some degree of transparency for other companies to feel comfortable sort of building on top of. Are there examples of that going backwards to previous technologies that we could kind of reference? I mean, we can look at the internet itself. The internet is really a collective effort following an initial phase where the development took place in a more closed system then uh, the further development uh, occurs in open platforms. It is uh, IETF, it is uh, IEEE, it is W3C, which create the standards of the internet. And they are created really openly, publicly, and within transparency. And this has led to the internet really being propagated all around the world. There are still problems there, yeah. because this is a unique machine, the internet. Sure is. Eh? And we have seen that uh, there can be also some uh, unintended consequences, which uh, originate precisely from the beginning, where it was a closed system, and then uh, there was perhaps a naivety about the benevolence of all the participants that lead today to the problems that the Internet has. But to go back, the Internet is perhaps the best example of the usefulness of an open standardization system. And with open, I mean globally open. It is uh, because you can have a system open, but only for the nationals of one country, and then be declared open. We are in favor, in particular, for the ICT technologies, which uh, target from the very beginning global markets, we are in favor of global openness from the very beginning. That means that everybody who has a material interest, who has knowledge, can participate and contribute as an expert to the development of the best technological platforms. And here, Standards is perhaps uh, for many people misleading because with standards, they uh, perceive something which is normative. It must be done like this. What we do in the field of ICT, it is really collaborative technology platforms. This is what the strength of it is. Yeah, and I, I like the internet analogy. And actually, this helps to kind of clarify maybe what we would mean by standards in the domain of artificial intelligence. So the internet is something that some huge percentage of the human population uses on quite a regular basis, certainly, you know, here in the US and Europe and whatnot, you know, there was some degree of open standardization early on with the internet. And then of course, there's also individual technologies built by companies who operate primarily on the internet, which are maybe not open. So there's plenty of people building apps, websites, and kind of capabilities. Oh, developing. Yeah, what did you say? Develop. Algorithms which uh, are secret, which we don't know, and so on. There's a lot of money made right, on this open platform. Yeah, for sure, for sure. And I guess that's what I was getting to, is that the internet has some element of this openness, but then, of course, there's also businesses who are sort of 
conducting commerce across this big, open, wacky, and wild internet world. My guess is for the IEEE, there is some sort of a broad, just like the, the internet broadly has its open standards. And then you know, Airbnb, for example, does not have to publish everything that Airbnb does because it has a business to run. My guess is with artificial intelligence, the IEEE is working on standards for sort of the broad sweep of what would be used in sort of AI applications across devices. And then maybe what individual companies would do would just be kind of coherent and kosher with those general standards for maybe trust or kind of handling of data or things like this. Is this an accurate assessment of where we're trying to look at in terms of standards here? This is, um, I think, a very good description. Uh, just to give you some examples of the standards we are trying to establish. And again, it is about establishing trustworthy environment. Yeah. Something that people know that it does what it's supposed to do and not the contrary or something t- totally different. And for instance, one of the standardization projects we started is precisely about the transparency of such autonomous systems. Because, and transparency, it is, again, we have to define at what level and so on, because we are very much aware that many companies, they don't want transparency, they have secret algorithms. But we still need to understand when something happens, why it happens. We must not understand exactly how it happens, but at least why. There must be a chain of, let's say, of accountability and predictability. And if it is not given, then it gets very difficult because then decisions are made about you, who can be very critical for your career, even for your life, and you don't understand why this happens. I would like to say, if any evolution, be it political or technological, narrows our horizon of self-determination and political freedom, we should fight against it. So this is what it is about. We need to understand what is done without destiny and how it is done. So, And if artificial intelligence is really, let's say, more prosaically, if the algorithms and the big data analytics become important for our life, then it must be a minimum of transparency around how this data is gathered, how the algorithms are built and so on, and how they are used, and what is the impact on us. And we have a series of projects around this, just the titles, and they are public. If anybody of your audience is interested, they can contact you, and then you can direct them to sure, us. Sure, yeah. I mean, we can, uh, we can link so to for it in the article or whatever. So, yeah, I'm, I'm very interested, Constantinos, yes. in understanding. You know, we might end up diving into a couple of these. So if you want to read off half a dozen, we can talk about a few. But I would love to see some yes, real yes, examples. It, 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 Yes, it is just the title. Okay, great. So the first project is a a model process for addressing ethical concerns during system design. This is a a generic project. We don't say the people what are the ethical values they need to integrate. They decide themselves. But at least there must be in, in the design of systems a possibility to incorporate, to take into account non functional features, eh? like ethical considerations about privacy and so on. Now it is not done. This must be done really in a systematic way. And also the people who do this and the companies who do this must not get punished because they take a little more time to do this compared to the quick and dirty ones. They must get rewarded. In order to do this, this must be visible. There must be a kind of certificate and so on. So this is a, we have to create an alternative market for ethical design. This is the ambition. And you have said this. eh? So uh, the second project is uh, precisely the transparency of autonomous systems. 
which uh, would offer ways to provide transparency and accountability for the system to help guide and improve it. For instance, incorporating an event data recorder in a self-driving car or accessing data from a device's sensors. It is very important, a kind of black box in the car. And we have a very important also data privacy process, which specifies how to manage privacy issues for systems or software that collect personal data. I think this is important, whether it is the car which knows where you are all the time, with whom you are, what you are eating, where you are stopping, and so on, and who should get access to this data, how they should get managed. And also in the working place, in the working environment, there are so many data gathered from us. There are no rules about this. And we have, for instance, a project precisely standard on employer data governance. And I think, I believe, a standard on car data governance would help the car industry because they are struggling. They don't know what to do with this and they try to find their proprietary solutions, but will the people trust Yeah, I, I, there's a do lot you, of credence to that point, yeah. Yeah, do you want your car to know everything about you and to give this data to you don't know who? Me not. I would prefer to drive my old Alfa Romeo without any... Yeah, yeah, no, no, tr- <laughs> any no tracking whatsoever, yeah. Just, just give me an engine and some yes, doors, yes, yeah. Yes, yes, yes. yes. <laughs> I, I prefer yeah. this. Then we have another standard on child and student data governance. We have a very interesting standard about algorithmic bias considerations, how to avoid algorithmic bias, be it through the data that the the algorithms are using or the structure of the algorithms. There is a lot of literature about uh, how algorithms can be biased from the very beginning, although you think they are objective. Again, all these are not standards. They are standards projects. We are starting with them. We have fantastic communities. Everybody who wants to participate uh, is welcome. We are an open system, and not only formally, we are really an open system. To finish now this, we are building a standard on personal data AI agent. That means perhaps we can have an artificial intelligence which will protect us from predators of our data, which will warn us and give us strategies how to do this on. So we turn it around because AI now spying on us. What if we have a spy on our service? Yeah, no, no, okay, okay, understood. So interesting project, I like that one. Yes, and then uh, we have another foundational standard. It is ontological standard for ethically driven robotics and automation systems, which establishes a set of ontologies. That means how can we explain to the machines what we want? What does it mean? The software developers around the world may should use the same vocabulary. There is already an ethical standard about robotic ontologies, how to give, let's say, instructions to robots. But for ethics, it is a little bit more difficult. So we need an ethical vocabulary, how to agree among ourselves what we mean, and then to give instructions to the robots. This is an interesting... I I do like that one a lot. And I actually want to pause on that one, Konstantinos, because I think it's worth kind of exploring a few of these in a little bit of depth, just so that the people at home can sort of get a a sense of what we're working on. Just as a check on this, it sounds like primarily, I know this is a pretty new initiative. The IEEE has been around for a very long time, but this initiative is quite new in the domain of AI. It sounds like the standards in AI are pretty much, at least currently, under construction at present. And we're hoping to kind of get out some initial drafts and sort of garner feedback and sort of build ourselves up. It's not as mature a market as, let's say, your very famous standards about Wi-Fi or the Ethernet, which the IEEE was a really big part of. We're not there with AI yet, it sounds like, obviously. 
And no, that's fine. No, no, no. Yeah. This Just is good a, to know. These are all projects. new projects. Yeah. We started a year ago. We created a global initiative for uh, ethical considerations in the design of AI and autonomous systems. And they have produced two sets of deliverables. One is a, a long guide about ethically aligned design. It was a book of, uh, let's say, 100 pages with 80 recommendations in eight chapters. We have produced this as a Creative Commons license, so everybody can take it and use it. Uh, we have heard there are many universities who have introduced this into the curriculum because it is fantastic. It is a description of the issues. There are some recommendations people can discuss around them. Also, the experts, if they want to invite somebody, everything is there. This is a fantastic resource. It was sent out as a request for input, and we got fantastic input, and we're now working on version yeah. 2, which will be published at the end of this year. It will be 13 chapters now out of eight because uh, new uh, committees were formed, new chapters, for instance, the dilemmas out of the mixed reality. Because if we are in a virtual reality or in a mixed reality, we produce a lot of data and our actions really give a lot of information about us. So we need a a minimum governance. I mean, the machines are out there, but there is no governance around this. This is why I mean we're late. No, 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 I'm I'm with you. Okay. Let me just just dive into a couple of these. So that's a valid point as well. I think there's such a very strong sort of self-evident smack yourself in the head level of like obviousness to the need for standards, in my opinion, in domains like diagnostic applications of AI for, let's say, cancer or heart conditions or something, or for autonomous vehicles. Like you said, if GM and Ford and Uber and whoever else are all developing their own codes and standards for how their cars detect things and how they keep their riders safe and how they communicate with other cars so they don't hit each other, we may end up in a really strange situation and that may not be right. We may want to have some way of sort of communicating between these machines where, you know, some safety overall standards are sort of baseline. Kind of like maybe with the internet, it's like, hey, everybody's got their own applications, their own websites, their own capabilities that they can sort of enact on the internet, but we're all communicating to so, the same servers. It sounds like we need an analogous thing in cars. Yes. There are several things here. One level is the interoperability the things must talk to each other. So uh, this is about the protocols and this is communication. And here there are different technologies, of course, and different languages. And this is the first uh, level of harmonization that takes already place or should take place. The second is once the machines can communicate to each other, what should they say? And this is the second question. And this family of standards I'm presenting here is about the second. It's not about how to establish the communication among the machines. IEEE is doing also a lot there. We have many projects about uh, the connectivity, the connectivity issue. It is the level of trust building, and it is about the data, the algorithms, the transparency, the accountability, responsibility. And these are not technical criteria. These are different types of criteria. And this is here where we create a family of standards because I believe that without this, the market will not take off so easily, or perhaps it will not take off at all because people will not trust. Yeah, yeah, so, yeah. And this is a big question of the 21st century. It is not anymore about technology alone. People have got really reluctant, and perhaps in Silicon Valley not, but uh, perhaps in many other places in the world, people getting suspicious towards technology. And they have the reasons. So the question is how we can establish trust. 
And artificial intelligence, this is really the best example. I can see the credence for that, again, in, in a big way. It's sort of, if everybody's going to be making smart devices, do you want to have a new can of worms to worry about for every app you download? Or will there be enough pressure to have everybody who's collecting personal data sort of do so in a certain way? There seems to be a natural magnetism towards the latter. My last question, just being mindful of time here, Konstantinos, but I did want to get your opinion here. Our audience is you know, business leaders and, and folks who are responsible for the bottom line and interested in growing and profiting in their companies. And they're really interested in AI sort of as a means to feed their families, not just as a means to read about fun technical things on the internet. That's the people that we talk to. So my thought here is I'm wondering sort of who are the businesses or, you know, why businesses should tune into this and maybe kind of play a role in or at least understand what the groundswells are in terms of standardization? Because it seems like, and you could tell me if I'm wrong, but it, it would seem to me as though the big, big technical players who have a bit of a substantial lead already would probably be the ones to resist these things. So right now, if you are a startup and you've decided to create a new social network or a new way to rent cars on the internet or something, I'm just a completely random example, you may very well want to have some kind of data standard to make everybody feel safe and you may be happy being part of that. But if you're Facebook or Google, there's a chance that you have enough trust under your belt to feel like you really want to coast and you don't want to be impinged upon. That's not because Facebook and Google are evil corporations. I'm not saying anything like that. I'm just saying it seems like there would be a natural magnetism for and a natural magnetism against the idea of standards in business. How have you seen that play out? You know, Who's sort of on the side of making this happen? And maybe who are the entities that are often resistant? Not calling them bad entities. I'm just saying you know, who are going to be the folks that aren't as eager to get on board? So I will not comment what you said. It was very interesting. Uh, but what I can say, I can tell you my, my opinion. My opinion is that the trust is the new green. The companies that can present them as being trustworthy, that respect our dignity as citizens and consumers, they are not predating eh, on our data or uh, they don't use uh, a need that we have to buy something just to create a profile of us. They just sell us what we want, that these companies win. Mm. This is my opinion, and this is a big question of the 21st century. Sure, it sure is. Uh, It is about trust. A trust cannot be done without transparency. A minimum of transparency. Eh? We don't speak about the maximum. We humans, we don't like total transparency. But total intransparency does not create trust. And then uh, business models which may look very promising today, very successful, may collapse in the future. Yeah. It is in the interest of the small and the big ones really to be proactive. Do not ignore these things. For instance, to say we don't care about privacy. Why do you have anything to hide? You can tell us all that this model will come very soon to its limit. I think the, the folks at home will take your your silence on the question however they want to take it. I know, I know how I'm taking it, but it's certainly worthwhile food for thought. I think that there's a lot to be said of what you just mentioned about trust being the new green. I think that there is a strong possibility that as more and more people understand what's happening with this information, there may be kind of a greater yes. push in that direction and naturally kind of I see this yeah, happening. Yeah, yeah. I see this happening. I, it'll be curious to see how that rolls out. I, again, I, I, as mentioned before, I think 
there's such a dire need for domains like vehicles and you know medicine but you know will this happen with the way our general data is managed that's a really worthwhile question and I know IEEE is working a lot on that do you have folks in the business community who are part of bringing these standards together? I imagine, here's the thing, if, if, I, if I'm running a company, which I am, you know, and, and there's standards being developed bottom up, you know, best practices being culled and collated, you know, I would definitely have some degree of an interest in, okay, well, what are we coming up with? And does this help or hurt what I'm doing and, and whatnot? I presume you guys have so, business folks who are pretty active in the IEEE. Yeah. It's got to be a pretty large percentage of your people. Your members. Yes, and uh, IEEE, we have also corporate members. Traditionally, it has been an environment where individuals can come and really flourish. We have started 10 years ago, so a track where companies can become members and develop as company standards. And of course, all the most of our standards are developed by people who work in industry, engineers, and so on. So we are very much embedded within the industrial landscape globally. Got it. The interesting thing now with this family of standards uh, we I presented before, uh, it is that it is not only engineers. We have also other people coming in and creating mixed and hybrid communities. We have philosophers, ethicists, NGOs, and uh, human rights and so on. So it is a very interesting mix. Up to now, it works. We think this is an enrichment also for the engineering community and also for them, for the for the others, for the newcomers. So all in all, it is a very interesting adventure in which now we have embarked. I believe we're doing the right thing because we're creating a basis for business to develop and to certify their goodwill and to show that they respect our, uh, let's say, dignity as individuals and uh, our freedom as individuals. And uh, this is a good thing to do. And this is very much aligned with IEEE's mission, which is to advance technology for humanity. Yeah. It, it does seem like if there's any right way to do it, quote unquote, it would be as many perspectives as possible and from the ground up uh, and orchestrated from there. So I, I think it's neat to see that in the ethics domain, which is, oof, it, it just seems like these are going to be very, very tough nuts to crack, tough problems to sort of set down and establish standards for. But I think it's worthwhile work. I'm frankly glad that there's folks that are kind of banging away and, and working away on that stuff. I think it'll be interesting to see, you know, it. We can imagine a world where everybody's standards for the internet and servers are different. That would be a pretty difficult world to function on the internet. It seems like within AI, we may come to a point where if every smart system and process is handling data and routing information and treating people in, in ways that are maybe too variable, maybe that would be unsustainable as well. So it'll be curious to see how far things get reeled in. And it seems like you guys will be a part of that process. So Constantinos, I very much appreciate you sharing your perspective from the IEEE here with us on AI and industry. Thank you, Dan. It was a pleasure. That's all for this episode on the AI and Industry Podcast, where we explore the applications and implications of AI in your business or industry. And when it comes to those benefits of real insight in terms of artificial intelligence applications in business, this show is really just the tip of the iceberg. AI and Industry is produced by Tech Emergence, and over at techemergence.com, you can find actionable industry-specific coverage, including case studies, unique market research with charts and graphs, 
and regular coverage of the AI applications of both the hottest startups here in the Bay Area, as well as what Fortune 500 companies are doing with AI today. Everything from marketing and advertising, business intelligence, to specific industries like finance and healthcare, you can stay ahead of the curve and stay on the right side of disruption by visiting techemergence.com. And when you're there, make sure to sign up for our weekly newsletter on the left-hand side of the page. Uh, most of our podcast listeners get our, the episodes directly to their inbox every week. You'll be joining tens of thousands of other business leaders who join us from all over the world to stay ahead of the curve of AI in their specific industry. So that's techemergence.com. Uh, I'm Dan Figella. This is AI and Industry, and we'll catch you next week.